As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 4 to 6 with A&B is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that Ohio State ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. You can also find great deals on Browns, Cavs, and Blue Jackets tickets. It doesn't get any easier than a two-tap checkout. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. The culture is the culture. It's 4-6A to to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. Uh, The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to 4 to 6 with A&B, your Ohio State podcast here in The Athletic. Bill Landis here with Ari Wasserman. We are in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, and there's a lot There's a lot of podcast energy in here right now. We're, we're sitting at the 40-yard line on a bench. We got we got in here first. We got the good seat. And, and far across the field, straight across, you got Tony Gerdeman and Tom Moore from the Ozone doing their podcast. And in the far corner, Buckeye Talk, the enemy over there, firing up their podcast. But we know you're listening to this one. You're actually, you're probably going to listen to all three, but we appreciate you listening to this one. Ohio State's number two in the college football playoff rankings. They'll play Clemson in a semifinal at the Fiesta Bowl on December 28th. Uh, as we're recording, this kickoff time has not been announced yet. I would have to guess that it would be the primetime game, right? It's a game everybody wants to see. Whoever Clemson was playing, I think, was going to end up as the primetime game, um, which should kick off probably a little, little after 8 o'clock um, Eastern time on December 28th. Ari, we're going back to the desert where Ohio State lost to Clemson the last time it was in the playoff, 31 to nothing. That was a lot of the talk um, when we spoke with Ryan Day and some players on Sunday after the playoff announcement. It was the first thing that I thought of. Was it the first thing that you thought of? And then what was your, I guess, initial reaction to Ohio State getting paired with Clemson? The first thing we thought of, we've been thinking about this stuff for like six months, man. Four years. <laughs> you know, we've been talking about playoff matchups since the beginning of the, of the season. Um, and I think this is one of the more intriguing ones because – 
you can go back, and the last time Ohio State was in the playoff, obviously, was when they played Clemson in 2016, and they got beat by a ton, and uh, that might have began the motion of kind of trying to figure out where this program was on a national level. So um, it took two years uh, after that to miss the playoff, and, you know, there's some transition periods with Urban Meyer stepping down and all the stuff that happened last year, and, you know, here they are, uh, undefeated and one of the best teams in college football. I know there's people who are shocked to see them get – jumped on the last day but I'm not shocked at all Um, and whether or not Ohio State is as good as we thought they've been all year is going to be tested immediately because to me um, I think this might have been the toughest test they could have possibly been matched up with in the first round yeah I agree so I don't don't think we're going to dive like super in depth on anything on on this episode and this will be a shorter episode but we'll obviously have ones coming to you multiple times per week uh, leading up to the game on the 28th both here in Columbus and then when we get to Phoenix uh, around Christmas time um it would be a great time for you to subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash 4-6. They'll get you 40% off. Uh, if you know anybody who's interested in subscribing, you can let them know that that deal uh, still exists and we'll have coverage for you. Uh, I think we're really excited about diving into this matchup. Any, I think anyone would have been good. Oklahoma, LSU, or, or Clemson, obviously there's storylines for all of them. I don't know. Uh, this, this Clemson one might have the most. Because of the history between the two programs, there's the obvious stuff with the quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and there's just so much to, to get into with what you just mentioned, Ari, about what happened in 2016 and, and the ripple effect of that, that that's happened over the last couple of years where Clemson has assumed this spot at the top of college football, and we'll, we'll talk about that a lot in depth, but I think that's like the overarching thing in all this is, is can Ohio State get back to where it seemed like it was going after it had won the, the national championship in 2014, had arguably the best team in the country in 15, even though it didn't win the title, and then got that boat raced in front of everybody by a Clemson team that I don't think I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, I asked Josh Myers about that earlier on Sunday. He wasn't on the team that year. He was committed. It was in, in 2016. He said he was watching in a hotel room. He said, I think he said somewhere maybe down in Kentucky, or he was getting ready to head out to, the, to one of the high school All-Star games, and he said he was shocked watching that game, and I think we all were. And I can't remember what we picked. I think I might have picked Ohio State going into that game. And I don't know what I'm going to pick now. But it's going to be interesting to, to think back on all that and, and what transpired and what it meant. In terms of the ranking, I don't think uh, – I'm not surprised. I thought they'd be two um, coming off of the Big Ten Championship. I didn't, I didn't think they controlled that game the way they needed to in order to be the number one seed and, and Clemson control Georgia from, from start to finish and, and beat what was the number four team in the country, even if they didn't really look like it. But I think this makes sense. I don't think we want to get into too much, Ari, whether or not Ohio State should feel slated by being the number two team um, because they were probably going to have to beat Clemson at some point anyway. How big of a deal is it that, that they ended up in this spot? We, we talked about it a lot coming into this, how important seeding was. Like, as we sit here now, we know they're playing Clemson. Is it just be happy you're in, or is it like is there, should you feel – bad's not the right word, but ticked off in any way that you ended up in this position when you were number one kind of all along? I don't find uh, Ohio State's attitude – or whether they're slighted to be all that interesting. Yeah. What I do find interesting is is that there's unquestionably a tougher path than it would have been had they stayed at number one. I mean, I think I saw a spread for the Oklahoma game when they were tweeting them out on Saturday night um, saying that Ohio State would be an 11- or 12-point favorite against Oklahoma, and I think LSU was like a 13-point favorite, if I'm looking at that correctly. I think it, it opened at 9, and it's gone up. Yeah, since. whatever it is, it's not being a two-point dog. Mm-hmm. So, like, the idea of how significant is it, it's absolutely significant because, you know, my philosophy always has been get the furthest you possibly can and the closest you possibly can to winning a national championship. Like, that's the whole point of the thing. And to me, I think 
right now, whether or not Ohio State beats Clemson would be a coin flip. I mean, I think yeah. that's a fair thing. I mean, there's going to be a lot of an- analysis and a lot of thought process going in between now and the three weeks between the game. Uh, but at first glance, I think that Clemson has a very good chance of beating Ohio State. And if you don't think that, then you're just in your own world. Will Ohio State win? Maybe. Will it lose? There's a pretty good chance. Um, as good of a chance as them winning. So the idea that they are no longer on the path of least resistance to playing on the biggest stage is a very significant development. Why it happened, I'm going to get into um, in a story later on on Sunday evening. Um, but my gut feeling is is that, A, uh, LSU just beating the crap out of Georgia uh, was a very exciting thing for people to watch. And I asked Gene Smith about this in the hallway um, after the – um, announcement and I just said did you see this coming you were in the room because he was on the committee last year and he said you got to understand that these are people too we're sitting down watching the games and on TV the way that the rest of you guys are in your press boxes they're all watching it and I think it's very easy for a close vote to be swayed based on the sexiness of a win at the end of the year yeah. and there's no question and I don't think you would argue with me about this that that was a much sexier win than ohio state's and i think if you really take a step back and understand what happened to ohio state their quarterback was hobbled they're playing three top 15 opponents in a row in consecutive weeks and they're banged up beating a team a second time is tough like i I don't Mm -hmm. think that there was a particularly bad win for ohio state despite the fact that we thought there was a chance that they could lose at halftime it's very explainable why that happened but beating georgia by 27 points and doing it the way that they did if you're all sitting in the same room as a committee you might think well holy crap how can we keep that team out of the number one spot so it's a totally rational decision to me um but i i do think that if you really take a step back and we will um to me i think that georgia and wisconsin are very similar opponents yeah and i know that georgia is got the sec swag to it and you know they were supposed to be a national championship favorite uh before the year and Wisconsin never was, and, and maybe Georgia was better. But the idea of what Ohio State has had to do in terms of their entire body of work, which is something that we spoke about in the car ride um, from Indianapolis on Sunday morning, of just the idea of how can a half of football in the final game of the year sway the rankings that are supposed to be based on the entire season. And the fact of the matter is, is I just think you're dealing with human nature, Bill. Yeah, I mean, it's a prisoner of the moment's a thing, and, and I think, like, I, you and I both watched the majority of the LSU game. We missed a little bit in our travel over to the stadium for Ohio State's game. And if you watched Ohio State game, and if you just took those two games in a vacuum, I don't, I don't really think you could quibble with the idea that LSU looked more impressive. Now, Ohio State looked great in the second half of its game and outscored Wisconsin, what was the number eight team in the country, 27 to nothing in the second half. And I don't think they were particularly bad in the first half. They got pushed around a little bit on defense in a way that we haven't really seen. Uh, much of this year Michigan did a little bit too I don't think the offense was bad I think the offense was just sort of it was like fits and starts but they were moving the ball a little bit I think it was like five yards per play so it wasn't like I, I don't think they got totally dominated in the first half and then like the it's it switched to the total opposite way in the second half it was like Ohio State was a little slow going and then it did the same thing it did the last time it played Wisconsin and just destroyed them in the second half I think I think so now in the two games they've outscored Wisconsin 55 to 7 in the second half of those games and that's a team that was on the periphery of the top 10 the first time they played and the number eight the second time they played and that's actually obviously really impressive I, I just think they were so close that it's totally rational in my mind that if you saw both those teams and were thinking about all the body of work that you could put LSU number one I, it puts Ohio. It's so close. Well, that's the thing. Like so close. You're on the you're on the call every week. 
I listen to it most weeks. I obviously read what you write when other people write. What was your impression of how close Ohio State and LSU were entering Saturday? They never tell you exactly. And it's hard to quantify, I guess. Because I, I, I've tried to ask gap questions. Mm-hmm. And here's Rob a brick Mullins wall right here. And if you want to bang your head yeah. against it, that's exactly what I do every week. And there's not a lot of details. And the thing that is so funny to me about the hours and hours and hours of ESPN television trying to predict what's going to happen the percentages and the bullcrap, thirty-eight uh, percent chance to make the number one seed, and all these—it's—it's it's all crap, Bill. It, it's about what twelve or thirteen people in a room together are talking privately about. And if the vote was, you know, seven to six, and then that game happened, of course it could be swayed. I think that they're always grouped in a way that these teams are very similar. When you take a look at like strength of schedule metrics and quality wins. It's all very similar. I think Ohio State has five, one more quality win in terms of ranked opponents yeah, than so. LSU. Yep. But LSU's wins are Alabama and Georgia, which are probably better than any of the, at least on paper from a a, a human nature level, mm-hmm. are sexier and better looking. So yeah, what and, and and Alabama was a true road game, and Georgia was in Atlanta, where it was at least skewed in Georgia's favor. The crowd. I don't know how much you take that. Into and, I, and I don't know if the committee takes into account consecutive weeks of it which I think I'm going to ask on the call today. It's like one thing to put a body of work together where at the end of the year you can say X number of wins against top five opponents, but how much do you consider the fact that they did it three weeks in a row? Yeah. Like I think that's a very important distinction to make because this is a game and the people on this committee are supposed to have nuanced and um, deep understanding of the way this game works. So if they're sitting in their in their grapevine hotel suite in Texas saying this team is flawed – you have to understand that this is a, a very hard thing to do to dominate three top 15 opponents and not – I mean, it's football. Other teams make plays. They do. <laughs> like, it happens. Yeah. Um, so, to me, it's like there's – it's irrelevant now to sit here and go, is Ohio State slighted? Is this bullshit? Like, we can do, we can do that all day. There's going to be plenty of that on other websites. I think what's important <laughs> is that um, Ohio State's in a position right now where it is eight quarters away from playing for a national championship. And the one thing that I think Ohio State fans really like about the 2014 is the fact that they get to say undisputed. Yeah. You know, they love that feeling of, like, undisputed. If Ohio State beats Clemson and then wins a national championship, it's undisputed. So, I, I mean... I mean, it would have to be, just to look way down the road, and and I'm sure once I say this, people will start screaming and think I'm an idiot, but, like, they're can't be many more impressive runs on record than what Ohio State would do if it were to win a national championship by winning the three games just one in a row, by beating the undefeated defending national champions in the semifinals, and then beating, in theory, an undefeated LSU team in the national championship. Like, that would be crazy. You could look at it on paper before the year, Bill, like we did, and you saw Penn State, Michigan, Big Ten championship, playoff A, playoff B. And now you add in the fact that Ohio State is likely going to play an undefeated team in their last two, in weeks, the last two weeks, I think that I, I don't know. I'd be hard pressed to find it. And like Ryan Day keeps using that March Madness mm-hmm. analogy, and it's like it makes sense. But like now, it's just like they played Penn State, then they played a road game at Michigan, then they played Wisconsin for the second time, and it's like it is gradually getting harder and harder as you go on. Yeah. And I think Ohio State absolutely needs this 21 day break just for their health. They had some issues with. Um, minor injuries to Jeffrey Okuda and Wyatt Davis, two instrumental players to this team against Wisconsin. But and Justin Fields. Just, and Justin Fields, of course, is his knee, and that goes without saying. So, um, 
you know, I, I do think that what happened on Sunday was significant and it's going to be addressed. But at the same time, not to sound like a coach, it's just like that's that's the hand you got dealt and you got to you got to beat them. And, yeah. you know, I think we're going to get into this more, Bill, but like Clemson took Ohio State's spot in the national spotlight in 2016. Mm-hmm. They've come into Ohio and they've taken a five-star prospect out of Ohio. Nobody else has done that. They've beaten them on the field, you know. And we'll get into this as we get closer to the game. But it almost seems appropriate that if Ohio State is going to reintroduce themselves to the world of college football as a top three program, because they were probably fringe three after last season, maybe four or five, because they had missed the playoff two years ago. Yeah, I think I think the conversation about the top programs in the country since 2016 has been about Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Georgia. and Oklahoma yep. before you got to Ohio State. And that is and not kind of where rightfully Ohio so. State was. And rightfully so, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. To me, the whole measuring stick is, are you playing in the playoff? If they missed the playoff, they were in the conversation every single year since it's been instituted. But if you miss the playoff, that is the litmus test of whether or not you're elite. And that's why we always hold this program to that standard. Are you elite? To me, even if Ohio State loses to Clemson, they're still the elite program that made it to that that threshold. It's almost like how the Final Fours are celebrated in college basketball. You don't remember always the champion. You always remember the Final Four runs. And I think this is becoming more similar to that. But it is appropriate to see, and I'm looking forward to, seeing Ohio State play the team that slayed Alabama now. Mm -hmm. And if Ohio State wins that football game, the reason why people are fans and the reason why this game is so fun is because it's about it's as every bit of a soap opera as The Bachelor, you know, yeah, where, yeah. where it's all about entertainments and storylines. And when you talk about storylines, I don't the storylines for this game aren't as sexy as Justin Fields left Georgia and now they're playing Georgia, or Joe Burrow left Ohio State and now they're playing Ohio State. But the deep underlying root of the entire thing between the Georgia quarterbacks and Dabo Sweeney and stealing the spotlight and recruiting in this area and winning on the field, like literally everything that we've been comparing this program to has been Clemson. And now you get to see it head-to-head, four quarters of football. I feel like I'm on Monday Night Football right now, but you get to see it. Yeah. Do you? We got asked an interesting question that I actually don't think we ended up answering on our last podcast, the Q&A podcast we did last week because we ran out of time, and it was about, it was about tears in college football. And I don't think anybody would argue with the idea that if you were this season in a vacuum, the top tier all year has been LSU, Clemson, Ohio State. And then there's probably. And I a, think, not to interrupt you, but I think that Clemson didn't start becoming sexy again until the past month because they were. Yeah, they, well, they were started playing Middling better. around and yeah. stuff. And once they started playing better, I think that the top tier has been LSU and Ohio State for even longer than Clemson was a part of that. Well, the question I was trying to get to is, is separate it from just this season, if you can. And think about the last four or five years of college football. And this may be a crazy question: Has Ohio has Ohio State been on tier one? Is there is there any are, are they fighting with this game to get back onto tier one in any way? And maybe tier one's just Clemson and Alabama. It depends on how many teams are in the tier. I think that Ohio State has been a full step behind Clemson and Alabama since Ohio State lost to them in 2016. Um, I think even in 2015, that was the beginning of what I believe was a decline. Um, because the only place to go from where they were at the end of the 14 season is down. Um, and I feel like the 2015 team was one of the more talented teams in program history, 
but didn't play like it and then were penalized for losing and maybe rightfully so and then 2016 was a correction to leaving them out in 15 when really they should have been left out in 16 and made it in 15 mm-hmm. um, and then the last two years they've been good but not great last year they people were worried about them not making the playoff but they were pretty shitty last year for their own standard right yeah i think so on defense they were the worst defensive of the program so when you start talking about bulletproof programs ohio state felt like this in 2014 at the end of the year ohio state felt like it does right now even in 15 when they were kind of muddling along but it has been a solid three years since ohio state was in the elite of the elite class and really they've done it by beating everybody but the teams that are in that tier right so to answer your question I think Ohio State absolutely needs to beat Clemson if it wants to be shoulder-to-shoulder with Alabama and Clemson. And I actually think Alabama's got some work to do now, too. Yeah. Like, I think Clemson is the top tier in the sport right now, just in terms of body of work over the course of the past five years. Alabama has to stay in that conversation just because of the sheer amount of titles they've won under Nick Saban. But Ohio State won one national championship. That's great. Most teams would kill for one championship every 25 years. But it's been five years now, and they have done nothing since other than get blown out in the playoff. Um, So, yes, I do think that if they're not in the top tier because there's only two in the top tier, Ohio State absolutely needs to beat them. If they win a national championship this year, I'd be more than comfortable putting them number one again. Okay, here's an image for you guys, and this was me two weeks ago on Sunday watching NFL football on my couch. Picture you're sitting in your sweatpants for the day. You don't feel like getting changed. You're sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. Maybe you don't feel like cooking for yourself at all. And DoorDash is here to help you. It's restaurant-quality food with a living room dress code. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, the Cheesecake Factory, others. I ordered my wings from Wingstop. It was great. It took 30 seconds for me to go answer the door. I didn't miss any of the games. Had to barely get up off my couch. It was awesome. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off of their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code AB. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code AB. Don't forget, AB, $5 off for your first order from DoorDash. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and listen, we're, we're talking big picture because it's interesting for us to talk about all Ryan Day and, and his staff are worried about is, is trying to win this football game. And if they're fortunate enough to win it, they'll try to win the next one and, and get a national title. I don't think they're worried about the stakes of this game in terms of Ohio State's standing in college football at large. And obviously, it's always been one of the best programs in the country. But we're, we're talking about getting – like there's there's been this struggle for the top spot, and Alabama had it forever. Clemson knocked them off of it. Everyone's chasing Clemson right now, and Ohio State has an opportunity in Ryan Day's first season to be the one that knocks Clemson off that, that, that mark. It's funny because I feel like James Franklin's rant last year about Penn State trying to catch – Ohio State applies to Ohio State trying to catch Clemson. Yeah, I think that's true, too. Um, And Ohio State has never taken a a dip in recruiting. So that's always the lifeblood. And it would not be 4-6 to with A&B unless I brought up recruiting to some extent. When programs really start to take a dive is when they start signing classes that are 10, 15 spots lower than they're accustomed to because that has Mm -hmm. a ripple effect long term. So Ohio State's 2017 class, which was right in the thick of what this dip we're talking about, is now the team that's bringing the ship back up afloat and now has Ohio State back in this position. So as long as Ohio State continues to recruit at an elite level, they'll always be in that mix for top five. But 
there's a difference between top five and a huge gap between the fifth best program in the country and the top program. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State was middling in the middle there. If Ohio State wants to be at the top, they have to win. I agree. But let's back off that for now because that's I think that's a little heavy and I think it sounds a little doom and gloom and we're not trying to be that way on a day when Ohio State got to the playoff and people are excited about it. So let me – yeah, you should be excited. This is great. I wrote a column from Indianapolis – saying that Ryan Day has already passed the test. No matter what happens in the playoff, he has passed the test for the first year. Ohio State is in a position where it was playoff or bust. They made the playoff. There's no busting. That is a huge accomplishment for Ryan Day in his first year because as great as everything has felt for Ohio State this season, there still was uncertainty about whether or not they've got the right guy to replace a legend. And the fact that you can feel comfortable about the direction of the program, his name is going to carry weight in the recruiting circles. They've made it to this point. The fact of the matter is, is that, again, they're in the top four. And, you know, it's a very heavy discussion because when you start talking about the gap between number one program in the country and number five program in the country, there's a huge gap. So it sounds doom and gloom, but being in the top five is great. Oh, no, yeah. If, yeah. if, if the worst thing you can say about your program is like, sorry, guys, you weren't number one this year. You were the closest thing you can be to number one without hosting the tr- host, hoisting the trophy at the end of the year. You're in a pretty good spot. But Ohio State wants to be considered the best program in the country. So that's the only reason we're holding it to that standard. But let's, like, I don't know, selection Sunday of college football, of the college football playoff, if you want to call it that. And we're sitting here in Ohio State's 13-0 with the Big Ten Championship and, and going into a playoff semifinal. You and I both picked them, I think, to go in the playoff at the beginning of the season because we thought they were going to win the Big Ten. But now that we're here, and we've reflected on this a little bit, I think, coming off the Michigan game, but what's your level of surprise that Ohio State has gotten to this point the way they've gotten to this point, winning every game by double digits and getting a Big Ten championship, and now they're in the semifinals against Clemson? I'm not surprised they're in the playoff. I'm surprised at how they arrived at the playoff. Yeah. I think you would agree with that, right? Yes, I'm not. Yeah, I didn't think. I thought it, like I think I might have said it. I thought I thought it would have looked more difficult. Again, I'm sure it was difficult. And Wednesday or Saturday's game seemed incredibly difficult. And, and credit to them for pulling it out. Uh, they have looked unquestionably dominant for 98 percent of this season, which I did not expect at we all. We have been pretty positive nonstop for three months, and I'm starting to get a headache. It's been that good. Like you it got is, us to the desert, man. That's all I, I mean. About. Ohio State has had a national championship team. They had seven years of Urban Meyer, and they've never once gone wire to wire in a season like this. Ever. Second ever 13-0 and season. They could, that's what they accomplished when they yeah. beat Wisconsin. And they Saturday. went 12-0 and in Meyer's first year, but if you ever saw that, you would know that this is nothing like that. Um, and they didn't really start clicking in 14 until the second half of that year. Uh, and they had a loss that was pretty bad at the beginning. They couldn't get a first down against Virginia Tech. So from wire to wire, I can't think of any seasons really in general. I'll have to look up this stat, but like, when's the last time a team has won every single game by double digits while going 13-0? and I don't know. Clemson might have done it last year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Did, yeah. did they have a scare last year? Yeah, didn't. I don't know. I get the years mixed up, but didn't Clemson – um, have a field goal. There was a game, like a field goal missed. game like against NC State. But that might have been yeah, the first time they won the national championship. Ago. But, you know, again, we'll look that up. But I can't think of like a more dominant season because even Alabama, who has won national championships, off the top of my head, I don't know if they were ever undefeated when they did it. I think they have a couple undefeated national titles. But they also have a couple years in there where like, they lost to Ole Miss. And then they got in ended up winning, yeah. with the benefit of the doubt. And that's the wonderful thing about this whole system 
and uh, Doug Maurice was asking an interesting question from Buckeye Talk about um, the BCS and if it was still the system right now. I think there's a real, real legitimate chance that if the BCS still existed, Ohio State could have been left out, yeah, which is crazy to teams. think. But from wire to wire, new quarterback who we had questions about or I had questions about, yeah. uh, new coach who was 40 years old and has never been – a head coach at any level before in his career um, and going through the schedule and the first time Nina Day, wife of Ryan Day, was nervous about losing a game was December 8th. <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. And Ohio State didn't play a cupcake schedule. They, they did didn't not. have a, They didn't have a premier non-conference opponent. They didn't have like an Oklahoma or a Washington or something like that. That was like always the big – you know, September test that everybody gets excited about. Granted, I get that. But every single team they played in the non-conference played in their conference championship game. Two out of the three won. Um, and they had the most rigorous five-game or three-game stretch that I can imagine Ohio State having in the regular season in the last ten years. There's nothing been like back-to-back-to-back weeks like With Penn no State at Michigan. Up. At Michigan is huge in the middle of it. And then, of course, the Big Ten championship game. So, not surprised that they're here. We both predicted that. We are. I'm a slave to talent. I think you're kind of a slave to talent. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State always was talented, but domination in college football is a very high thing to ask for, and they achieved that. It was funny. I was thinking about this yesterday, or maybe it was last night when I got back to the hotel room at two o'clock in the morning. Um, we were talking about playoff scenarios earlier in the year, I think, and we were talking about Ohio State not getting in last year, and I think we both said, like, last year was an outlier because there were three undefeated teams, and that's never going to happen. And then it happened again. <laughs> it just so happens that Ohio State's one of them this year. Yeah. Three undefeated teams at the end of a season. I don't know how many times that's happened. It happened to Auburn in 04, I think, and yeah. they got left out. But how many times since in the last 15 years dating back to 04 has there been – I don't think there's ever been three teams this good. This good at the end like of the year. Like the SEC champion uh, who went undefeated in the SEC, which is crazy. The uh, Big Ten champion who boat raced everybody and had only one scare and it didn't happen to the conference championship game. And then they boat raced their opponent in the second half. And then the defending national champion that might have one of the most talented or the most talented roster in college football just running through the ACC with no problem. Like, who would you leave out in the BCS era? Like, who... Like, Ohio State might get left out because pollsters and the way that they used to vote wouldn't have moved Clemson down from their number one spot because they never lost. And, of course, LSU won the SEC. So, as much as we're discussing all that stuff, that would have been a very crazy scenario, and I'm thankful for the playoff system and the fact that these they all get to play um, in a certain uh, – you know, they all have different paths, but they have a certain opportunity to do something like this. So, um, yeah, they're all three of them, I think, could win the national title. Yeah, I think all three are capable. Um and we'll dive in. I'm gonna I'm gonna do like a like a, a very thorough film breakdown. I think of how I think Ohio State stacks up against Clemson. He has a projector. I don't have a projector. I wish I had a projector. You want it, that 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 clicking clicking yeah, uh, sound yeah, yeah. from the film like Woody used to? Yeah. The big framed glasses. Yeah. And just peering over my glasses for no reason. Somebody knocks on the door and you're yeah. inconvenienced. I can see the whole yeah. thing. It's time for dinner. I got to watch the belly play. I'm sorry. We can't. <laughs> we can't. We can't eat right now. Um, so we're 20 days away from as we're recording this from from kickoff in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, against Clemson and we'll wrap up on this and we'll have plenty more coming for you in the next couple weeks but I want to ask you Ari you talked about Ohio State being banged up a little bit and I think that's a very valid thing to to be discussing at the moment 
just like where do you think they are? I think whether or not you're playing your best football at the moment matters, and, and certainly this gap can allow you to get there. Do you think Ohio State is in the right position in terms of how it's playing, its health, how it's been tested to legitimately go out into this playoff and, and win and have a chance to win the thing? We spent the entire previous week on our podcast saying how there was no chance Wisconsin was going to win, or at least I did. <laughs> and at halftime, I thought they were going to lose. Did you? Uh, yeah, I think you might have asked me. We were we were uh, standing there eating a brownie, and I think you said, "Do you think they're going to lose?" And I think I think they might. And it wouldn't have mattered; they would have gotten it anyway. I think, but yeah, I didn't. I just didn't feel. I thought I thought it was noticeable that they were tired and banged up and Wisconsin looked a little fresher and had a good plan and I thought it was possible they could lose. So if the second half played out a little differently and they would have won by one after a miraculous comeback, kind of like something they did against Penn State the last few years, Mm -hmm. I might feel differently. But I think when you add all of the things that were up against, they were up against in this game, between the injuries to some of their key players, their quarterback, I mean, Ryan Day said they weren't going to run him at all. That's a big hamper on the offensive game plan, in my opinion. Yep. Um, the fact that there was the third game in as many weeks against a top 15 opponent, a legitimate top 15 opponent. And the fact that it's just tough to beat the same team twice. In Wisconsin, you got to give them credit. They game plan the shit out of that game. I told I was riding the elevator down with a couple of guys. I'm, I'm guessing they were like just, just staffers who were up in the coach's booth helping those guys out. And I told them, I said, like, you guys had the best plan anybody's had against like Ohio State this year. And they said something along the lines like, yeah, we know. We just made too many mistakes. You can't you can't give Ohio State chances. I was like, yeah, that's what happened. But I think Ohio State, or Wisconsin is a good team. It's a well-coached team. Certainly has a talent disadvantage. But I thought, I, yeah, I thought they played – the best of any team Ohio State's played this year. Yeah, I agree. Having a plan to beat Ohio State, and this is your wheelhouse, Bill, but it is kind of funny to me how often teams don't have a real plan. Mm -hmm. So I would give Wisconsin all the credit in the world, and I actually thought that if Wisconsin would have won, I would have put them in the playoff over Oklahoma. That would have been my take. Uh, you weren't the only one with that take. Yeah. We were talking about that last night. I, I personally think that if you avenge a loss against the team that beat you already, you're only a one-loss team and you're a conference champ who just beat the number one team on the field in the mouth, ma- like square in the mouth, beat them, that that to me is a better, more impressive resume than what Oklahoma did. But that's irrelevant. The reason why I went on that little rant is to tell you that based on what they did in the second half, completely controlling that game, dominating it, uh, shutting out the opponent after making defensive adjustments, and that's another thing that Ryan Day and his staff has done so well this year. Yeah. Is kind of changing things in the middle of a game to make sure that they don't get beaten by the same thing for four quarters. Um, and now that the fact that they have a chance to get healthy, I think Ohio State is humming, even though that game was hard to watch at times. And I think Ohio State has a very good chance of getting healthy, developing a game plan, and really giving Clemson all they all they can handle. Yeah, I agree. I think that the last two weeks in the, in the beginning of these games, we've seen teams – do some things against Ohio State that we were not accustomed to seeing all year, but the second half against Wisconsin was a reminder of of this team's ceiling, and this team's ceiling is certainly capable of, of getting it to a national championship, even if they have to now go the harder route through Clemson first and then probably through LSU. So uh, we'll keep digging into all of that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, thank you so much again for listening. Uh, we'll, we'll plug one more time. Uh, subscribing to The Athletic would be a great time to do it. Uh, myself and Ari are covering Ohio State. Grace Rayner is covering Clemson. Uh, Jason Kersey is covering Oklahoma. Uh, 
What's Brody? Brody Miller. Brody, yeah, Brody, Brody Miller I always, forget, I always forget Brody's last name. Brody Miller covering LSU and then obviously our national team will be all over the college football playoff as well. So you can get subscribed at theathletic.com slash 4-6. We'll ask again if you wouldn't mind uh, subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever you listen to podcasts. It always helps us out. We'll have plenty of written coverage as well on the Athletic League leading up until December 28th when Ohio State plays Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. I know we're looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time on 4 to 6 with AMB. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.